Welcome, my name is Darla Benjamin and I'm the Director of Impact here at Grace. Have you ever been given something so totally unexpected? Maybe someone trusted you with something that was a really big deal or maybe you inherited something that was a total surprise. I'm talking about something that you did nothing to get, that you, you didn't earn it. Something that could make a big difference in your life because it had the power to change everything. Well, today I want to tell you about a woman named Sue. Now recently, Sue's father passed away and she found herself looking at an unexpected inheritance. She hadn't done anything to earn it. This was certainly good news for Sue because she was approaching uh, retirement age and this would allow her to move in that direction quickly. It was especially nice because Sue is a missionary and as a missionary, she'd been responsible for raising her salary for the last 25 years that she's been in the field. I mean, what a relief that must have been for her, especially considering that missionaries like her typically don't have pension plans or stock options. And she wasn't expecting a retirement full of sandy beaches and fuzzy robes and golf every morning at the club, but now everything could be different. This unexpected money had the power to alter the course of her life. Now, if you were Sue and it had just come into a, a large inheritance, what would you do? How would you respond? Well, I can tell you, I would respond by, by uh, putting together a whole travel itinerary, planning to uh, ride first class in the airplane, to set up kayaking in the Mediterranean, to, to hike in the mountains in the Alps, and, and to have stay in five-star hotels, which I've never done with, with personal chef-made meals, but not Sue. She had other plans. You see, she works with one of our global partners and serves in Bulgaria. She's a single woman who has devoted her life to bringing the gospel to the people in Bulgaria for over 25 years. And in the last few years, she had been building relationships with Roma people. These are people who, who were oppressed and often overlooked as a minority group in that region. Now, God has been up to something in that region because several groups of Roma people have really started to embrace the gospel message and are coming to know and follow Jesus in some really unexpected ways. And Sue knew that this money could help continue to spread the good news of Jesus like never before. Sue stepped out in, by responding to the faithfulness of God. Instead of keeping the money for herself, which would ensure that she had a comfortable retirement, Sue used her inheritance money to buy a cherry orchard and several other plots of land to be able to grow garlic and potatoes and other vegetables. And then she set up that land to be in a foundation so that other missionaries could uh, be able to help support themselves as they did the important work in Bulgaria. Now she could have hoarded the gift and she could have kept it for herself. And honestly, could we really blame her for doing that if she did? But instead, she used the gift to further God's kingdom. Now we probably hear that story and we think, well, it's all about the money. And the same could be said about the, the scripture passage that we're gonna look at today. But my hope today is that, it, that I'm able to show you that it's actually all about God's faithfulness and how his faithfulness leads to our selflessness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we open our ears to hear uh, from this scripture passage, to hear what you have for us. Uh, help us to, to listen and to uh, dive into what you're trying to tell us. 
Father, I, I so appreciate the ability to gather together like this and to be able to, um, to be able to hear words from you. And I ask that you would guide and direct my words today. In your precious and holy name I pray, amen. Now, over the last five weeks, we've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit that, that Paul talks about in Galatians 5. We've talked about love and joy and peace and patience, uh, goodness and kindness. And today we're going to talk about faithfulness. So what comes to mind when you hear that word faithfulness? Maybe you think of the commitment that uh, couples make in marriage, or maybe it, you think about fulfilling promises that you've made to your friends or your coworkers. Now the actual definition in the dictionary of faithfulness says this, it's defined as the concept of unfailingly remaining loyal to someone or something and putting that loyalty into consistent practice, regardless of extenuating circumstances. But for our purposes, we're going to look at faithfulness from a biblical perspective. So it's, it's not a concept, but rather a characteristic of God, of who God is. God is faithful. He keeps his promises always. And so the question is, how do we respond to God's faithfulness? Our passage of scripture today might sound familiar to you, but probably not as one about faithfulness at least not at first glance anyway. It's tucked away in the middle of several other parables and you've most likely heard it talked about uh, in, in, the, in the case of stewardship, which makes sense, I guess, at first because it seems like it's a financial plan. Uh, it, and the section of scripture actually is titled the parable of the gold, bags of gold. But remember, Jesus uses parables to teach believers about spiritual things. So without the ears to hear, we can really end up getting them exactly wrong. I'd like to challenge us today to look a little bit deeper than maybe we have in the past, to look past the financial illustration. What if instead we were introduced to a picture of faithfulness, the kind of faithfulness that ex is expressed through us in a way that causes us to take abundant gifts and to share them with others? God's faithfulness leads to our selflessness. God's faithfulness leads to our selflessness. Let's look together at Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. 
Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. God's faithfulness is given not earned. Let me say that again. God's faithfulness is given, not earned. This whole thing starts off with this obviously very wealthy man calling his servants together and saying, hey, look, I am going to be gone for a while and I need someone to look after my stuff. Now, the servants didn't get together one day and decide, you know, we've worked hard. This guy has all this money and I really think that our work should be recognized. We deserve to take part in his, some of his riches. They didn't go up to the big house on the hill and, and knock on the door and demand to see the man, have a long and convincing discussion with him, and then leave with their well-deserved and excellently debated bags of gold. Nope, that didn't happen. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a, ver on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one one bag each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man called his servants together. He's the one that initiated the gift. They didn't do anything. It says the man entrusted his wealth to them. Now the word entrust means to give over care for or to make responsible for. It doesn't mean, hey, you've probably done a really great job and so I'm giving you this as a result of that. There are no qualifiers. And by the way, the gift the man gave, it, it doesn't sound like a big deal when we're talking about one, two, or five bags. It sounds, sounds kind of like chump change, honestly. But these are bags, remember, bags of gold. Gold. Gold has intrinsic value just because it's gold. And if we calculated out the contents of those bags in today's dollars, this is what they were entrusted with. One bag of gold is worth $1.8 million today. So two bags would be $3.6 million, and five bags would be a whopping $9 million. Now that's a lot of cash. Now notice they weren't all given the same amount. It says that each servant was given an amount according to his ability. But even the servant that got the smallest amount still got an enormous amount of money to care for, $1.8 million. And so it is with God. God gathers together his believers and he says, I have some incredible gifts for you. For starters, I'm giving you the life-saving, eternity-changing, new creation-making gospel. And then on top of that, I'm also going to give you the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you so that you will know and experience God's love, his joy, his peace, his patience, his kindness, his goodness, and his faithfulness, and even more. Talk about extravagant. But wait, there's still more. 
He also says, I'm going to give you gifts individually, teaching, leadership, encouragement, the list goes on. Now, not everyone will have the same gifts, but I'm entrusting them to you. I'm giving you care of them and responsibility for them. Now, like the servants, there's nothing that we did to earn them. They were freely given to us by a God who is faithful in keeping his promises. You and I cannot manufacture what is only God's to give. It's not ours to begin with. It's his and his alone. And because it's his and it comes from him, then when we entrust th he entrusts things to us, we must decide how we're going to respond. Will we let God's faithfulness flow through us or will we hide it away and hope that no one notices? You see, whether or not God's faithfulness is expressed through us ultimately depends on the kind of relationship that we have with God because faithfulness flows out of relationship. Faithfulness flows out of relationship. Our actions are a result of what we believe about the one we have a relationship with. If we believe that who we have, with a, have a relationship with is good and kind and patient and loving and joyful, then our actions are going to reflect that. We see that with the servants in our passage. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. They reacted in kind to who they believed their master to be. The first two received what they had been given and they immediately went out and put it to work. They believed that because they had been entrusted with their master's wealth, he would trust that, that they would take care of it, that they would put it to work, and that they would make decisions that would ultimately be in the master's favor. His authority had been given to them. And while we don't know exactly what they did, we do know that through their efforts, the original amount of money was multiplied. In other words, more and more was added to what was originally given to them. By putting their gifts to work, they were being faithful to their master. Now let's stop for a minute here because that word master can give us really bad feelings. Um, but that word here doesn't mean a master and slave arrangement. And actually in the Greek, the Greek word for that, for the word master is the same word that can be translated as Lord. So the important part to understand here is that the master or Lord uh, is the one who has all of the authority in this situation. Now, the third servant's actions also tell us something about what he believed about the master. And it was something entirely different, a very different view than the other two had. The third servant believed their master to be angry and harsh and judgmental and demanding. And his actions showed that. He acted out of a sense of fear. Fear of losing the money that he had been given. Fear of the response that the master would have. And so what did he do with what had been given to him? He ran straight to a field, dug a hole in the ground, and he hid it, leaving it there, out of sight, out of mind, unused and ineffective. Faithfulness flows out of a relationship, and, and it's our view of that relationship that drives what we do with what we're given. So do you act in freedom or do you act out of fear? What do you believe <clears throat> about our Lord? 
Do you see him as loving and kind and patient and faithful? Or do you view him as harsh and judgmental, angry and demanding? It's our understanding and view of God that determines our relationship with him and it determines our next steps, our decisions and our perspective. So check your understanding. Be sure that you have the right view of God. Sometimes our religious background and our church experiences can really muddy that understanding. So, so take some time and evaluate your understanding by what the Bible tells you about God's character, about his person, and about his promises. Because your view of God affects your actions and your faithfulness. God's faithfulness is given, faithfulness flows out of relationship, and faithfulness bears fruit. Faithfulness bears fruit. After a long time, the master returned to settle accounts with the servants. The master wants to know what the servants have been done with his wealth and what they have to show for their efforts. So the servants lay out the fruit uh, of their work for the master. It says the master who had received five bags of gold brought, or the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. The man with the two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold and I have gained two more. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. Now, I'm sure the first two servants couldn't wait to lay out the fruit that had been produced from their uh, gift to the master. I'm sure they approached him with confidence and with joy, great joy. And I can just about see the smiles on their faces as they laid out before the master their 10 bags of gold, one at a time. The faithfulness of the first two servants had produced twice what they had started with. Now, remember the value of one bag of gold today is about $1.8 million. Now I'll do the math for you. That's a total of $18 million for the first servant and $7.2 million for the second servant. Now I can imagine as that third servant watched that a pit started to form uh, in his stomach and he approaches the master after seeing that increase in wealth that the other two servants had produced. And as he approaches, he has in his hands the original gift that he had been given, one bag of gold. His fear had restricted his gift. He had done nothing additional to give to his, he had nothing additional to give to his master. Hiding his gift had rendered his gift barren. So what was the response of the master to the fruit that was produced by his servants? The master responded to the servants individually. To the first servant, the master's response was, well done, Good and faithful servant, you have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. To the second service, he replied the same thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. In both these responses, the master acknowledges the fruit of the servant's work. He says, well done. He affirms the nature of their relationship with him good and faithful servant. He adds to their responsibility. I will put you in charge of many things. And he offers more. Come and share your master's happiness. But to the third servant, 
The master said, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has, has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The master responds to the servant who hid his gift very differently. He acknowledges the servant's lack of fruit. Wicked, he says. He affirms the nature of his relationship with the master. Lazy servant. He removes his responsibility. He says, take the bag of gold away from him and give it to someone else. And he cuts him off from the joy of his master. The servant's fear has denied him the joy and happiness that the other servants experienced as a result of their faithfulness and the fruit that it produced. It also denied him a deepened relationship with the master. In fact, it hurt their relationship. He was cut off. When we use our gifts and step out in faithfulness to the Holy Spirit, we are fruitful. And God's response to that fruit is, well done, good and faithful servant. He both acknowledges the fruit and confirms our relationship with him. He adds to our responsibility as well. When we use our gifts and follow the Holy Spirit's nudgings, our eyes are open wider to the opportunities around us. We are given more opportunities to use our gifts and share the gospel when we experience and we experience growth in our faith and relationship with Jesus. And when we are faithful, we experience a love, joy, and excitement that can only come from the Lord, which increases the Holy Spirit's work in and through us. Now, this is probably the most challenging aspect of, the par of this parable to grapple with. Are we bearing fruit? What have we done with the extra extravagant gifts that God has given us? Have we been faithful with them? Have we put them to work? Or have we dug a hole and hidden it away, fearful that we might be laughed at or rejected? God has given us the gospel, not just for us, but for us to share it with others. How are we doing on that? What about the Holy Spirit? Are we sensitive to his leading? Are we following his nudgings? It's pretty hard for him to guide and direct us if we're not even moving. And what about those extra gifts that God gives us? Do we know what they are? Have we found ways to use them to, to bear fruit for the kingdom? Have we even looked? When we understand that faithfulness comes from the one who is faithful, that it is a gift that is embedded in us through the Holy Spirit, when we have the correct view of our God, then our actions flow out of our relationship with him. When we are faithful with what God gives us, then we will bear fruit. So what is the bow that ties everything we've been learning about in this parable together? It's this. God's faithfulness leads to our selflessness. God's faithfulness leads to our selflessness. It's not about us. We don't earn faithfulness. It's given to us. We don't act in faithfulness. It flows out of our relationship with the Lord and we don't bear fruit. It's God's work through us that does that.
We become selfless because it's not about us. It is God's faithfulness in us. And God's faithfulness works in and through us to build his kingdom and to move us forward in our relationship with him. Now, remember the story that I, I shared at the beginning? Well, that was not the end of the story. Sue was faithful. She received a gift and she listened to the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Her view of God determined her steps and what she would do with that gift. She knew that God was good and kind and loving. And because of that, she knew that God would care for her no matter what. And that determined her decision to give that gift away. And as a result, her faithfulness bore fruit. Roma people were hired to work at the orchard and the vegetable plots. And as they worked the land side by side, God provided opportunities for discipleship to happen. And as the crops were harvested and taken to be sold at the farmer's market, bridges were being built between the ethnic Bulgarians and the Roma people. Restoration was happening between God's people. Because of God's faithfulness in the gift and Sue's selflessness with the gift, fruit is being produced in Bulgaria. What if we lived lives like that? Faithfulness flowing out from a God that is good and kind and loving peaceful and patient. Can you imagine what the church would look like? Can you even fathom what fruit we would bear if we all lived lives of faithfulness? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your faithfulness. I ask that, that as we're filled with your faithfulness, that we would live lives out that would produce fruit for you that as the Holy Spirit guides and directs us, that as he nudges us, that we step out in that and that we can um, come to your feet and share what fruit has been um, produced through us, Lord. And you will look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and enjoy the happiness of your master, of your Lord. Thank you, Father, for who you are and what you've done for us. In your precious and holy name I pray, amen.